Hi, I pray you're ready for a great study in the Word of God. My name is Pastor Rick. I'm so glad you're with us today. It's going to be amazing. Stay with us. Open your Bible up. Get ready. Get your Bible app up. Whatever you have that has the Word of God on it and get ready for a great journey. It's really going to be exciting. I believe the Word of God can change your life and get down to what the Bible says is the marrow of your bones. And so open your heart today and watch God change your life. Stay with us. It's going to be amazing in just a minute. Stay right there. And in order to build a better foundation, he took us through some simple steps. And one step is you have to, first of all, listen. So come on, say listen. listen. Then the second thing he said you, you had to get in order to have a better foundation is learn. Say learn. learn. Then the third one was train. Say train. train. And the final one, this is the end of the series, the final one is the word focus. Come on, say focus. Have you ever missed a turn because you are not focused? Have you ever missed an opportunity because you are not focused? Have you ever missed that little hint that the teacher gave you about an upcoming test, but you totally missed it because you were chatting with Susie next door and you missed it? Everybody was prepared but you because of lack of focus. The word focus means to pay attention or to produce clear vision. Pay attention or have clear vision. Our primary text for today is taken from, from Philippians 3, and it says, I'm off and running. I'm not turning back. So let's keep focus on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. If any of you have something else in mind other than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. Stick with me, friends. Keep track of those, those you see running the same direction, headed for the same goal. There are many out there taking other paths, choosing other goals, and trying to, to get you to go along with them. I've warned you about them many times. Sadly, I'm having to do it again. All they want is Easy Street. They hate Christ's cross, but Easy Street is a dead-end street. Those who live there make their bellies their gods, belches their praise, and all they can think of is their appetites. But they're far from, there's far more to life for us. We're citizens of high heaven. We're waiting the arrival of the Savior, the Master Jesus Christ. Come on, say focus. focus. We see in the very first verses, verses, six, uh, verses 14 and 15, that focus begins with a decision. It begins with a decision. You have to decide whether you want what God has for you, and you have to decide whether you want a better you. You have to decide, do I want God's perfect will for my life, and do I want personally a better life? Now, there are some people who feel like, nope, don't need another thing. You know, I've got everything I need. Uh, no worries. Oh, you're talking about your material possessions. You may have all the material possessions you've ever asked for, but I'm a firm believer that if God has more for me, I want more because apparently he wants me to do more. I don't know how many of you have seen the television show that's called uh, Let's Make a Deal, 
But Let's Make a Deal is still on now. But, you know, back in the day, it was one of the main game shows. And in Let's Make a Deal, you would have that opportunity to make a choice. You had to decide whether you wanted what was behind the big curtain or if you wanted what was underneath this cute little box on the table. And, of course, your temptation is to go for that thing that's behind the big curtain. Because, of course, whatever is behind a big curtain must be bigger than whatever is in this cute little box. But I've seen countless times they would go for what appears to be big, but they don't really know what's back there. And so they say, I want the curtain. And when they open the curtain, it's a tree with a whole bunch of rubber chickens hanging off the tree. And they're like, oh, no, I chose the rubber chickens. And he said, but look what you missed behind the box. And they, oh, they make that noise like, whoa. And it's like, oh, it's a key. What is it a key to? It's a key to a brand new car. And it's like, oh, man, I missed a blessing. That's how it is sometimes when you tell God to stop. I don't need another thing. I'm good. I, I'm there. You have to make sure that you decide Focus is a decision. God has more for you, but it's up to you to decide whether or not you want it. We see that focus improves your ability to see. Remember, the definition for focus is to pay attention, but also improve your ability to see. There are a lot of things that will help you see better. One is products, such as my eyeglasses. When I have, when things look a little on the blurry side, you can have products that will help you see. There are products that will help you see things that are far away, such as a telescope. There are products that will help you see things that's before your hands right now, but it's too tiny for you to see, and it's a microscope. There are products that will help you see. There are people who will help you see, will clear your vision, help you be more focused. And there's people who sometimes get on your nerves, like your parents, like your grandparents, family members, friends, your teachers, your counselors. All those people are saying, it's time to get up. It's time to do your homework. Um, are you watching TV? Or are you doing your work? Uh, did you brush your teeth? There are individuals in your life who are constantly trying to help you be focused. Now, you're not happy with them, but it's always a help to you to have someone in your life who will help you. And another thing that will help improve your focus is what I call divine intervention. I need that all the time because sometimes we're not listening to those who are around us. But sometimes those around us don't have good advice for us. And then we get divine intervention. Divine intervention comes through the word of God. Just like we just got finished studying principles that's seen in, in Philippians. And you make note of it and say, hey, God, I never thought of it like that. Divine intervention. Then the Bible also promised that when Jesus left, he said, I'm going to send you a comforter. And that comforter is the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's job is to bring things back to your remembrance. And so notice that sometimes you're going about your life, you're doing various things, some of it you know you shouldn't do, and that little thing, some people call it their conscience, but it's that little thing that speaks to your mind and speaks to your heart and say, hey, hey uh, 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 wrong person, wrong direction. It's kind of guiding you. That's the Holy Spirit often reminding you of what you already have in your spirit, seed already there. I remember when I was in college, I would always, I have a degree in biology, minor chemistry, liked the biology, didn't care too much for the chemistry, but I would try to study chemistry, but, you know, it would just go over my head sometimes, and, and, um, and especially if I had other things to do, I wanted to hang out with my friends, and it would be a test, 
uh, a chemistry test. And so I'm a believer in college. So it's like, okay, God, you said that you can do all things. So I need you to bring back some information on this quantitative analysis chemistry class. And so I'm just before him just praying like, God, you are just so faithful. You saved me. You saved my friends. You healed my body. You did. Surely you can help me through this test. And the Holy Spirit so gracefully said, I can only bring back what you put in. <laughs> Holy Spirit's job is to bring back to your remembrance. So I need you to study a teach more, and then I can work on your behalf. Divine intervention. So focus improves your ability to see. But then with focus, focus can be easily hindered. Easily hindered. It can be easily hindered because of environmental distractions, because of relationship distractions, because of career distractions, and because of religious distractions. Environmental distractions would be things, just noises. You know, are you, right now you have your phone and your phone is, is vibrating and people sending you text messages. And every time you get a message, it's going beep, beep. It's a distraction. You're trying to be focused on the word of God. You're trying to focus on what I'm saying, but there's someone always jumping in there. You have people, you have equipment, you have career decisions. Should I go, should I stay in Savannah? Should I go to Atlanta? Should I do this? Should I do that? All sorts of career confusion. Should I do ministry? Should I, I'm a firm believer that sometimes your job is your ministry. You know, I don't know why people just think, you know, why do I have to go in ministry and just wait on God to tell me whether to go left or right? It's like, no, just sometimes all of that is a distraction. And then I call religious distractions. Religious distractions is as when you're in children's church, you're hearing about Jonah and the whale and all these miraculous things and you believe about the birth of baby Jesus. But as you get older and you are pulled away from home and parents can't make you go to children's church or come to church, you start being bombarded with information from your parents from your professors. You're bombarded with other religious beliefs of, of friends, and you begin to question God. God, are you real, or is that just something my parents just took me through? And then I realized that even after I went through that process, it was like, okay, whatever the professor is telling me to do, uh, whatever he's saying this class is about, I had to take an evolution class, and it's like, okay, make notes, make notes. We all came, you know, when we start, we came from a cell that came out of nowhere, and then, you know, it evolved, and then it went from, you know, the land, to the water, to the land, to the fly, and it's like all of this just went miraculously because of some big boom. You know, it's like, okay, I'm going to take note, I'm going to take note, and I will answer the questions based upon the information given. But when you think about the fact that even though man has all of these so-called answers about how the world came to being, man has no ability to control the oceans. Only God can. Man has no ability to control the sun and the moon and the stars, but God can. God, man has no ability to control the fact that our earth has this perfect tilt so that we don't freeze and we don't burn up. And because of that perfect tilt in mid-space, we have seasons. Man can't control that, but God can. So do I say that to my teacher like, hi, he's telling you, he's got no, 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 he does not understand that principle. I write down whatever he says. So you have to understand that even as you get older, there are religious distractions. So after that, you have to make a decision. You have to make a decision. I must focus. Now, who am I going to focus on? What principle am I going to focus on? You have to decide 
I must focus on what's most important now because it can be so frustrating. Which way? All of these things around me are important, but what should have my primary attention, my primary focus? We're going to see an example in, uh, in Luke 10. Luke 10, two examples of focus. It says, as Jesus and his, his, and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work? That sounds like Thanksgiving dinner where you just have you, somebody is in the kitchen doing everything and everybody else is just chatting and having big old conversations. He, she says, tell her to come help me. Then Jesus said, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Oh, indeed, only one. And Mary has chosen what is better. Here we see a story of two individuals, and, a, and they're excited because Jesus is coming to their house. So the first thing you think of is, okay, we're going to make sure the house is clean. We're going to make sure they have food and drink and all these various things because we have guests coming. You know how it is when you have guests coming. And so we have one sister that's preparing and doing all these other things. But then another sister is actually sitting at the feet of Jesus listening. Now, I could see if Jesus was taking a nap. And she was just sitting there just staring at him while he was taking a nap. But Jesus was actually sharing, and she was sitting there listening. Have you made a decision to take your focus away from Christ for career or money? Have you made a decision to take your focus on Christ and lead it toward a love interest? You were all excited about Jesus, and you prayed and asked God to send you somebody. But then when he came by, and he's like, you know, church is nice, and I go every now and then. But, you know, don't you think you go to church a little bit too much? And then you start stepping back a little bit. Have you left your focus on Christ for your definition of what's important? Here we have one sister that's cooking and cleaning and doing all these things, not realizing that the most important thing is to listen to Jesus. Jesus was only in their presence for a season. So often you have to make a decision, exactly what do I need to focus on? Focus on what is most important at the moment. Focus on that thing that has long-lasting value. Yes, you're supposed to clean up. Yes, you're supposed to do your laundry. Yes, you're supposed to do all those things. But sometimes you need to stop and make sure that you're giving God your attention. Sometimes you have to stop and give that child that extra attention. Sometimes you have to stop and give your parents that extra attention. Sometimes you have to focus properly what's most important. Matthew 6 says, therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, drink, Wear, don't worry about your, your special shoes, your special clothes, all your outfits. Don't even worry about the food, the body. Understand, it says in verse 27, worrying, can, can any one of you by worrying add a single hour to your life? 
by worrying, stressing off of something, can you add a single hour to your life? Now, biologically, they'll say stressing tends to take hours from your life. And then it says in verse 33, if you want to know what's important, seek first the, his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things, come on, say it, all these things will be added unto you. You will have the clothes and the shoes and the food and the care and all those things. But you need to make sure that your primary focus is Jesus. Your primary focus should be what? Jesus. Your primary focus should be who? Jesus. And then if you make sure that there is nothing, no job, no love life, no career, no money, no vehicle, nothing that can separate you from, nothing can separate you from the love of God where God loves you regardless, you must make a decision that my focus is going to be, there is nothing that will take me away from my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Come on and stand to your feet. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before your throne in the name of Jesus, thanking you for the simplicity of your word. Here you've given directives to us, Lord God, that our goal is to build a better foundation. And Lord God, in our effort to build a better foundation, we've learned that we have to listen, first of all. We have to learn, be trained. But then after we've gotten all the information, we must focus Focus on whatever is most important. It's our decision. You've given us free will. So, Lord God, I pray that you will help us focus on you. Focus on those things that you deem most important in our lives. I pray, Lord God, that we do not allow distractions to take over us and cause delay, but we will steadfast, hold our mind, our eyes, everything steadfast on you. Lord God, I desire is to ask you to give us your best. Anything that you have for us, Lord God, we want it. Any gift, any blessing, any opportunity you have for us, we want it. So, Lord God, help us to be more focused. In Jesus' name, amen. If there is anyone also in this room who desires special prayer, I want you to bow your heads one more time. Bow your heads, close your eyes. The greatest decision you could possibly make today is to say, I have focused on everything, but I forgot to place you first. I forgot to say, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and everything else. I've placed things before you, but today I want to focus and give you my heart and my life. God made it real easy. He said, all you have to do is pray a simple prayer. You don't have to go into a room, come up front. Nobody's going to embarrass you or do anything. If you want the simple prayer of salvation that is going to make your life brand new, all you have to do is raise your hand and put it back down, and we'll pray with you from your seat. Anyone want the simple prayer of salvation, just raise your hand from your seat and put it back down. Anyone else, raise your hand and put it back down. There may be some in the house who say, you know, God, I went through this before, but I decided to focus on my own life and not focus on you. But I want to rededicate my life today and say, Lord God, I'm going to re-rack and come back and make sure that my focus is on you first. If there's anyone in the house who said, Lord, I want my focus to be on you first, lift your hand up and put it back down. 
Lift your hand up. Put it back down. Everyone repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I come before your throne in the name of Jesus. Where your word says, if I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in my heart that you raised Jesus from the dead, I will be saved. So today, I confess. Today, I believe. And today, I receive. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on and put those hands together. Well, I pray you're blessed by today's message. I want to encourage you to reach out to us. We'd love to hear more from you. You can go to overcomingbyfaith.org. That's overcomingbyfaith.org. We'd love to hear from you. love to be connected to you in some way if you have a question or concern. We love you and pray for you. We ask God's blessing upon your life. You know, the Word of God comes alive and changes your life if you allow it to. So you go be blessed and you have a great day. Remember, reach out to us on all the different mediums. We'd love to see you in person if you can, if you're ever in Savannah. You be blessed. We'll see you next time right here with us at Overcome by Faith. My name is Pastor Rick. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.